Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey guys, this is Jen and Julian with X Appeal, and you're listening to episode 31. You got it right. I got it right. Good job. It's totally for me to, to record. My brain is half, half asleep. I already have to pee, by the way. I already have to pee. This is a big mistake. Well, Sorry. hold it for an hour. I know I have to hold it. By the way, I'm juicing. Why? I'm on a three, I just started day one of a three-day juice cleanse. Yeah? Because I, I, like, uh, I like torturing myself a little bit. It's, um, I always think this, it's too sugary. For me, it's too much sugar. Yeah, it is. It's it's too much. It's so this one is like lemon, ginger, okay. maple syrup, and cinnamon. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It's the lemon that it's the it's the lemon and the ginger that I can't handle. Really, that's the best. Yeah, part it's too tangy. Part. It's too like it's too acidic this early in the morning. Oh yeah, that's definitely. You should have something in your stomach for sure. It's gonna damage your. No, it's your- not. You're not a doc. <laughs> Dr. I am. Julian, Listen, MD. you know, when I went through all my, my, my phases of rashes and all that stuff, I read so much. I swear to God, I never read that much stuff when it came to internal gut health. I read, um, what did I read? I read two books about diet. One of them was called, it's a French book. It's from a big French um, uh, doctor, like what, the uh, alternative doctor. How do we call those again? Oh, um, medicine doctor. Medicine. <laughs> and, and he's and he's a like dietitian too. Yeah. And he uh and it's called the diet of experience, and it's him combining fifty years of his patients that he's treated. Yeah. That were not successful being treated by conventional medicine. Yeah. All, all came back to diet. And he was just shitting on juice cleanses. Is that what you're saying? Uh, not necessarily, but like after that time, like uh, from reading that and other stuff, um, there's also a great uh, podcast, actually. It's Joe Rogan, whether you like him or not. But uh, he has this doctor called Bronda Patrick. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, he was, it was in 2017, because there's a few episodes they did together. And at the time, he, um, he was doing keto. Um, and she's all about like, she's, she's very, very knowledgeable. And she was talking about like how, like, basically if there's one thing you need to cut out of your diet, like right now is sugar and processed sugar. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's universal. That's I've, yeah, I've heard that. Even fruits, you know, even fruits, it's crazy. Like you could have it, but not too much. Well, yeah. Just, you know, and then that book I read tells you when to eat the fruits, how to combine the fruits, what to combine with what. Like, you just feel like you're not living your life, though. Like, that's so many rules. I don't know. 
No, but you are. You are. Like, for example, it says if you're going to eat meat, you should eat it with greens or veggies. You should never have carbs and meat. And for example, when I did that, I realized that every time I was eating my meat I and just veggies or salad or grilled veggies, I was never tired. But as soon as I add carbs with my meat, I am dead fucking tired. It's not that you don't like meat. It's not that you're like a no. like an impossible person. No, no. I, I started again. I started again. Uh, and I've been eating okay. a lot. I've been eating a lot of meat, but like it changed because I used to be like, "Oh, I eat meat. I'm so tired." It's not the meat. I actually experience it. It's the carbs that you eat with the meat. And if you eat your carbs, you just have them veggies with veggies. So like pasta, vegetarian pasta. So that's a little well, changing. Yeah, I get it. I mean, well, this is so. This I'm on a, It's a three day juice cleanse. It's like a reset, and then I have a salad and a soup that I get to eat as well during that's the really day. Nice. And it's from like, where? where'd you do it? Where'd you get it so from? It's, it's Zen Foods. And, and this is like not a sponsored thing, but I actually do have a partnership with them now um, because mm-hmm. I want to lose, I want to lose the baby weight. And I've been working out, you know, more than I have the last nine months now that I'm cleared. So I just want to, I, I want to once and for all, just like get, get rid of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the right track. I mean, I've already lost like 16 pounds. So are you pooping a lot? Um, with, uh, yeah. with the juice, yeah. Oh, with the juice, I just started it. This is my first juice bottle. So oh, first juice bottle. Why do you poop a lot? No, I never like maybe once every two months. Me. What? <laughs> <laughs> just I like to say my body works a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it consumes everything I ingest, right. and just like yeah, a little, exactly. a little bit of dust. There's no waste. Like, There's literally no, no waste. A little bit of dust. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it a plastic bottle or? Uh, or glass bottle. I mean, come on. It's a plastic. I think it's plastic. Yeah. That's one thing. Like, there's, um, uh, my girl got me onto this, um, almond milk that yeah. is only almond and cold pressed water. So I oh. never realized that when you buy almond milk, there was a ton of shit in it. I never realized for me it was just almond water. I didn't know that either. You at, yeah. You look at any, any, like the whole food brand, all the good ones that we all know, it's full of gums and all that stuff. Gums? Yeah, gums. It says like gums in it. It's terrible for you. And then this one brand was super healthy and it's called Malk, Almond Malk. And it's only almonds and cold pressed water. That's it. There's nothing else. I didn't have to spell that for people who were listening. Yeah, M-A-L-K. Okay. Almond And it's great. But then I'm like, you guys are all about this healthy stuff, but then you give us the milk in a plastic bottle. The fuck? Yeah, well, you're healthy for yourself, not the environment. I'm recycling it. So that helps, right? I don't know. I think so. But again, like I don't know. Um, there's a John Oliver that. episode about recycling and we're all doing it wrong. Like straight up. It's like there's stuff that can't be recycled with the other ones and then it contaminates the whole thing and then they throw it on the side. It literally like if you want to do recycling right, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's, it's insane. It's really complicated. You, I feel like you can complicate your life in many, many different ways. I, I like to live on, on the more simple side. I mean, I do recycle, but I'm not going to put that much thought into it. Yeah, but so then it's you know, useless. Like I, I'll do a juice cleanse, but I'm not going to like put that much thought into it. It's, it's okay. I'm not going to count the macros and measure out the, the grams and the ounces. So like, then why wanna, do it? Well, because I want to lose the weight, but this is all structured for you. Like it comes literally every single day. It's brought to you in a in a cold container. Yeah. So yeah. the work is done for me because I don't like doing any work anymore. 
And, and you're using the trainer? No. Well, actually, Jared has been. <laughs> so surprisingly enough, I didn't. He he obviously knows a lot about the human body, but he's also very good at. He put together an entire workout program for me to mm. do at home. Okay. I don't want to go to the gym because of you know because of COVID. Yeah. So yeah, so we've been working out at home, and I'm sore as shit. Every part of my body hurts right now. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Plus, you have the Peloton. Yeah, plus the Peloton. So, who do you take with the Peloton? Uh, Cody Rigsby. Oh, you you like Cody? Yeah, I love Cody Rigsby. Um, I like him Mm -hmm. because he's fun and and he's not too difficult. And he dances. And my favorite ride to the uh, the live DJ rides with him Mm. and DJ Johnny. Who do you use? Um, I'm I oscillate between two. This um Brit called Leon Hasby. Oh yeah. I love her. Um, I do her arms. Yeah. And well, she's, she seems very tall. Is she? And mm-hmm. uh, she looks very tall. And then this little one out of New York, uh, Olivia Amato. Amato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Olivia uh, Amato. Yeah, Olivia Amato. She's very, like, her classes are hard. Yeah, it's she's, very, she's hard. very tiny. So, yeah, she's tiny, but her classes are really hard. Whereas Leon Hasby, it's a little bit easier. I'm just trying to find a cycle instructor that shuts the fuck up. That's all I want. Play the yeah, music what, and tell me what, what. No, I I hate it. I hate it. I hate when I start back. having. You have to talk back. <laughs> yeah, but I, I hate it when it's when we're in the when in the back and they go like, um, you can do whatever you want in your life. We're in this together. Yeah, I see you guys. You That's look beautiful today. Classes because I'm it's like, emotional. Fuck up! I know I'm not beautiful. I'm sweating right now. I look <laughs> so like you, you would fucking hate Soul Cycle. Then. I hate Soul Cycle. I can. I, I hate would. it too. I just want somebody who says, guys, this is going to suck. Let's get it on. You guys can do it. Boom. And then it says, okay, we, um, let's, um, let's turn it up. Uh, 55 resistance. You'd be, ter- you'd be a terrible Peloton instructor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, if you're here for quiet and peace, this is your class. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Right. But how do people buy into it? I don't get it. I love it. I, I, I think the more talking, the better. Because it distracts you from the work that you're doing. Like you don't focus so much on like, you know, dying and you're actually listening to somebody, somebody else talk and, and motivate you. Some, and yeah. it's a motivation, don't you think? Listen, it sounds mean, but it's like, I don't want to have life advice from a Peloton instructor. I'm not saying they know a thing or two about a thing or two, but they, I mean, it helps listen, in some, listen. in some small way. I don't I, take it personally. Like when they say, Oh yeah, you know, <clears throat> you, you, uh, uh, got got a few bad emails at work, and you know, get it. Yeah. I get that. I, hate this. Um, I mean, I, I want really to spit on my screen when they start doing this. Like, well, it's not just about you, Julian. You know, this one is like one. Uh, Leanne has me every time she says, "Let's get like you're gonna go like stand up." She's like, "Let's get on the dance floor." I'm like, "God damn!" Yeah. You know who I would want? Like Deepak Chopra. Can Deepak Chopra no, talk to no, me? And me no. This I would listen. I'm sorry. Deepak Chopra is full of shit. No. no I'm going to die on that hill. I'm going to die on that hill. He is nah, full nah, 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 nah. of shit. He's not. He's not as full of shit as a fucking Peloton instructor. Oh, my God. You know, but Kobe Co- Co- or whatever his name is, he's nice. Like, and, he's fun. I've actually he's met funny. him. Know, him. Just, like, remove your wig and just whatever. Yeah, get, get, get your quick drag on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, at least him. It's like he goes 100 percent into it. It's like you know what you're yeah. getting. 
Also, um, um, before we get onto our topic, I've been struggling for the last five days to wonder if I buy Harley Davidson or not. Back to this uh, topic again. Yeah, um, I'm still thinking about it. Well, uh, well, you said it was a choice between an apartment or a Harley, and I not always, really. I'm really, always I'm ready apartment. yet. So like Fifteen thousand dollars is going to buy me an apartment, you know. So, so what are you going to do? I don't know. I tried flipping coins yesterday, but it didn't. didn't What's your girlfriend say? Has she, she ever ridden on the motorcycle with you? Yeah, she loves it. Okay. Yeah, she's like, um, she. I think she. She says you don't need it. You know, don't need it. But also, any of my friends that rides also understands why we want to, because it's two very different rides. So it's 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 easier to you know it's harder when you're not doing it. But I think she's so great about a Harley compared to other motorcycles. I don't understand because Harleys are definitely more expensive than other motorcycles. No, right? not, not no. Some BMWs are more expensive. Uh, Harleys are get I like. It's just like as a French person, the Harley is like the American dream, right? It's like you're in California on the PCH, you're riding your Harley. Um, the difference is this one's bigger than mine, so it's more comfortable. If you go ride for like four or five hours, you're not your back's not hurting. There's a little bigger seat for the passengers, so anybody who's in the back is more comfortable. Okay. Uh, it's just like that. So think about my bike being like a Mini Cooper S, the one that I have, super like fun and stuff, and the Harley being like a Tahoe, where you're like, oh. I can just kind of chillax, but it's heavier and all that stuff. That's all right. So it's like, you don't need it. Obviously it's just like, do you want to have fun? You know, live your life. Well, treat yourself. I mean, unless it's going to be a choice between your next meal and a Harley. Then no, never. I would never, I would never. I'm smart. Never. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. That's what I thought. No, no, never. Absolutely. Not. So. You know, so anyways, we will we'll see. Um, but today we're talking about, you see how it's like, I'm, just judging my staff, but uh, Wait, let, let, let me ask, let me ask you a question to start this, to start this off. Yeah. I want you to tell me something about yourself that you have only told a handful of people in your life. Hmm. Okay. Damn. That's a, that's a hard one. Uh, a handful of people, something, something, cause I don't want to f- say something shitty. Um, even if it's something that you don't normally talk about with people, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like I, the first thing that comes up about you, I got you. No, no, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like something, yeah. um, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say that's actually I discovered that through my acting trading. Um, I used to, and still sometimes tend to compare myself to other when it comes to their career success and how much money they have. And it's easy for me to put myself down if I'm, if I feel like I'm below them. Okay. If that makes okay. sense. No, that, that makes total sense. I think we all compare ourselves to other people, you know, a lot, probably way too often than we should. And and no thanks to Instagram yeah. too, um, yeah. which is why we can't stay away from it. Um, I would say <laughs> I am still afraid of the dark. You can believe that as a 37-year-old woman. Oh, okay. Um, so I went really deep with mine, but you're just kind of. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I, it's yeah. not something that I like to. It, it's kind of embarrassing, right? Like, I have to have a fucking nightlight on whenever I'm alone in, in the dark. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> sure, well, now you can use the child as an excuse to leave the light on. 
yeah, I don't know why I'm afraid. I've always been afraid. I, I used to, I literally slept with my, with my parents until I was about 12 years old. Mm. I was that afraid. Um, I don't know why they allowed me to do that, but I did. And it, it, and I was petrified to sleep alone. And that's something you've only told a handful of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cause I, I don't know. I'm embarrassed by that. I'm a grown ass woman and I should not be afraid of the dark anymore. Like, hello. That's so funny because to me, it's like that, that's such not a big deal. I feel like it's so much harder to, it's, it was a, it's been a big deal for me because it's been such a huge part of, of like every, yeah, night, yeah. every single night. I'm like, some, something's yeah. going to happen. I yeah. have big anxiety at night for some reason. Oh, wow. Dry yeah. No, you know what I think it is? I think I've watched too many, um, true crime. Like, yeah. Too many true crime. Uh, yeah. movies and, and series. Yeah. Like all the break-ins and stuff and like this, you know, shit that used yeah. to happen in LA in like the seventies and eighties with the serial killers breaking into people's houses. And it's just, yeah, it's, I don't know. I watched too much of it. That's why you got to get yourself a gun says America. I'm not going to get a gun. I have a child. Yeah, no. He's not going to use it. Okay. What? He's not going to use it. He doesn't know I how to use it. I don't know how to use a gun. If Can, if, can he talk yet or still not? Can he talk? He's he's not even two months old. Oh my god! You have a dumb baby. You know the stepping stones and the milestones for infants. Yeah. He, can, know, I'm he, can, talking he, at like, uh, he will look directly in my eyes and shit himself. Mm. So he but doesn't walk either. No, oh, no, he can't. He can't talk yet. God, useless. Yeah. yeah. Useless. Tell him. <laughs> tell him I said Julian said you're useless. Yeah, Uncle Julian <laughs> says you're useless. Yeah. So, buddy, come on. We're growing up. Come on, Julian come on. Well, but that leads us, though, to our topic of the day, which is uh, vulnerability in general. And I think vulnerability in your relationship, which um, I mean, it's it's hard. It's a very it's one of the most difficult things to 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 get to is is the vulnerability. Um, And it's something that you have to work at. It does not come naturally. And you know that you can tell when you're being vulnerable because you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. And you feel um, open, like your armors are gone. It's like if somebody wants to stab you right there, they stab you. It's like, like, it's like um, verbally taking off your clothes. Yeah, exactly. It's the best way I would describe it. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, you know, it's funny because I discovered vulnerability uh, through my acting, um, learning and this yeah. is what we practice in the acting That's that i'm true. doing it's like how to be vulnerable uh and how yeah, to be open to right away crazy places right emotionally yeah. yeah and what what makes you technique according to what i'm doing what makes you a good actor is how vulnerable you're able to get with somebody you don't know because you just met them and you're about to have a scene with them so it's like you have to get vulnerable right away yeah. and it's funny how you can train yourself, at least acting wise, to be vulnerable. But when it comes to real human connection with somebody that you actually like care for or whatever, it automatic it automatically bleeds through a little bit. Like I'm way yeah. more open and I'm way more aware of what makes me vulnerable, but it's still different, right? When you when you know you're doing it for the show, it's somewhat rewarding. When you're doing it for like personal stuff, now it's like, oh shit, this is real. Well, it's rewarding in, in your acting career because you see the results right away, but you might not see the results right away in a relationship. Yeah. It takes time. Did takes you get time. vulnerable? 
with um i mean apart telling uh jared that you sleep with the light on like did you like <laughs> i'm talking like emotional i feel like me when oh, i yeah. say emotional vulnerability it's like something that it's like i don't know opening up really to who you truly are you know yeah it's it's being who you really are in front of somebody else without fear of judgment um and i think that you know so so for me jared and i had you know, we had a number of conversations when we first started dating that were kind of on the surface, but then in the know, tub when you guys were staring at each other's staring eyes. Into those eyes. Yeah. Um, but, but over time you, you have to share a little bit more about yourself if you want the relationship to sustain. Uh, so there, there were certain situations that would come up um, where he would question why I acted a certain way. And mm -hmm. a lot of it had to do with prior relationships. And that was my big vulnerability. Um, it's talking about, uh, you know, relationships, whether it's trauma that I had been through in the past. Um, yeah, I mean, abusive relationships that I that I had gone through in the past. Uh, that's something that I, I it was difficult for me to, to open up yeah. uh, about it. And in fact, we didn't really have a, a thorough discussion about it until we went to Cabo. Um, and this is okay. after I found out that I was pregnant. Yeah. So, and this is like the week that I found out that I was pregnant is when we we really started opening up to each other in a in I a mean, bigger way. We have a child together, so yeah, you should definitely yeah like exactly. Yeah, but that but so my big like vulnerability triggers would be like you know past relationships, okay, uh, or or sex because you know I I get kind of a little bit uncomfortable talking about talking about sex so yeah those are my two i guess hang-ups but what is there specific because you're saying yeah. past relationship but like do you have a, like a very specific thing yeah oh, yeah yeah um and i'll give you just a couple of examples i mean because i'm i'm relatively an open book you know when it comes to my past mm -hmm. on this podcast especially but yeah i had gone through um one physically violent uh, uh, relationship and then two big emotionally abusive situations. Uh, one with my ex-husband and the other one with a live-in boyfriend. Okay. So, you know, when he, when Jared now would question, for example, like I would um, shut down when he said certain things or I um, didn't, didn't where I got anxiety in certain situations, like whenever he would give me gifts and maybe I didn't receive them the right way. Mm. It made me feel uncomfortable, which kind of told me that I didn't feel like I was worthy of getting gifts and getting that kind of attention. And he, he wondered why. And so, you know, I kind of, it, that's something else about vulnerabilities. It helps you understand who you are. Yeah. And sometimes talking it out, um, and tracing back why you feel the way you feel oh, yeah. is a good way of understanding where those feelings came from and, and maybe how you can conquer them and how you can get over it. Yeah. What about you? What, what are you, what are some uncomfy topics for you? Um, mine comes from, I mean, and I realized that I realized that I remember I was in acting class and we do this exercise called the repetition, which like you go in front of your, with a partner and you just repeat a word 
um, yeah. that you see whatever you see some you see your partner they have a white t-shirt it's a white t-shirt they repeat and eventually it develops a relationship and you move on to feelings and to like how this person makes you feel and i remember um i was i was in class and there was this one guy who went up and he was so fucking good and i was like god like man i'll never be as good as that right and um one day it just clicked i'm like why do I always feel like I'll never be as good as these people? Yeah, yeah. So that was something for me that I was like, oh, this, the, that's the thing that fucks me up. That's the thing yep. that fucks me up in that's my that's everyday relationship. Your this peers. Thing that fucks me up in my relationship to others because mm-hmm. that means I, I'm, I was incapable of being happy for somebody else's success because automatically I'm like, well, this, I'll never be able to success this way, to succeed this way, right? Yeah. Um, and then obviously once you find that, you 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 work on it and you try to, but it came, it came, it came out. I think from, um, I think just the way I was raised. Like, and I, and with my current um, partner, we we uh we've talked about this. Like, there's just never been. Uh, I was in a loving family, just not a physically or verbally loving family. It was just right. kind of like, we don't we don't talk about this stuff. We don't say I love you. We don't say I miss you. We don't say never, never, ever, ever. And we don't say I'm proud of you. So there was a constant feeling, as in like, if I bring my test. I was like, oh, this is how much I did on my test, right? Instead of focusing on the good things I did right on the test, we're focusing on everything I did wrong and why yeah. I didn't have a hundred. So eventually you kind of like get this get inside. Yeah. And now it's like, whatever you do, it's never enough. Right. And translated as I got older with my relationship, me not feeling like I would never be enough for my partner, feeling like there's always going to be a better dude for them out there, whether they're rich yeah. or whatever, feeling like, um, like, like feeling like you're just never content with yourself, but I also realized that it had an 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 up a good part of that is that because I never felt like I was enough and ever enough in any of the things that I would do, I would work twice as hard as everybody else. So yeah. then I moved faster in my career than most people. I came here with no visa and all that stuff. And I was uh, five years later, I was way ahead of people that were American and acting for 10, 15 years. Yeah, and I was ahead. Because for me, it's like, no, that's not enough. I got to keep, I got to keep, I got to keep. I gotta keep doing yeah, that's it. one thing I've always thought about you is you are a hustler. Like you have multiple oh, jobs. Um, and, and, and just being an actor in and of itself is difficult because you're working job to job and you don't yeah. have that stability and security. So it does take a certain amount of, I mean, yes, you are constantly comparing yourself against other people because you're going into, into these casting calls and these auditions. And are you seeing other people? It, like, is, uh, is that how it works where you're like in a room? Yeah, usually when you arrive in a room, you have a bunch of people that fits your criteria. But right. now, now it's mostly okay. done online. Now yeah. it's all tapes. Uh, but also that's just comes with the job. Eventually, at first you get all excited about an audition. And then eight years later, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do my audition. And if you're not, if you don't get the job, you know, it has nothing to do with you. Right. You're just like, yeah. I'm in a place where I know that I'm a good, that I'm good at what I'm doing. It's just like, I wasn't the right fit for that. So you totally detach from not getting it. You still get like excited about a project. Oh man, I really want to get this, this, I think I'd be great. And then they pick somebody else and you're like, Oh fuck, I'm bummed. But you know, it has nothing to do with you. Right. Um, But when it, the, the triggers for me when it comes to vulnerability, and that is because I never heard it is when people I'm like, close to say that they're proud when i heard when i hear the words i am proud of you mm-hmm. i'm there's about a 95 percent chance that i'll cry whether it's inside or whether it's just like i'll get i'll get super silent and i'll get weird i'll be like yeah thanks <laughs> you get uncomfortable we 
erred. And when I'm in class, because acting class and when you're on acting set, yeah, for some reason, it feels a safe place. So yeah. this, if I hear I'm proud, I'll, uh, I'll most likely uh, tear up. Wow. Sure. When yeah, is the, so which, which brings me to my next question. When's the last time you've, have you cried around your girlfriend yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've cried a lot, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you're, is it because of your health and, and things like that? Because I know that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that was actually a huge, um, a huge uh, thing in our relationship is that there was a moment where uh, I broke up with her because I was dealing with too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in so much pain with my joints. You know, by the yeah. way, I, um, my friend's mom, um, she has a daughter who had the exact same virus, which is chikungunya. So that's what I had. And she was on a walker for four months, for four years. Oh my goodness. Sorry, four months of, of, uh, of walker because of how much her knees were hurting. Wow. So I was like, oh shit, I'm not crazy. No. Stuff was hurting. So I, I was just like, you know, acting was a moving and, and uh, that shit was just like, I, 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 I was, my rash was insane. My hands were burning. My yeah. fingers were hurting. My wrists were hurting. My knees were hurting. Couldn't figure out what it was. I was going crazy. I thought like, it came to a point where I thought like eating tomatoes was fucking doing it. But then I would eat one and nothing happened. And I would eat a broccoli and it would happen. And it just happened. It was like, That's and then, extremely you know, yeah. And me being used to just always being on my own since I was 17, I was like, yeah. look, I can't deal with you. I cannot deal yeah, with you. Yeah, and it's right not now. like get anything against her. It's just that you probably didn't have the bandwidth to take care of or to even think about somebody else outside of yourself because yeah. you're really keeping your space. I didn't feel like, like, for example, I didn't feel like having sex. Mm-hmm. I was the furthest away. I didn't feel good. I was hurting. I didn't feel like having sex. And then you feel like as a, as a partner, I'm like, I'm not giving you what you want. I'm not giving yeah. you the love and affection you need. I don't want to have sex. So it was like, what, what are you doing with me? Like right now it's just shitty. I, I can barely walk. So why are we even, you know? Um, but after I broke up with her for two weeks, we didn't talk. And then I realized it's like, oh shit, I actually need her. Like yeah. I'm realizing like, oh man, and that was kind of like the first stepping stone where she really understood how it was working, the type of mentality I had and how I was brought up of always doing stuff on my own. Um, and that's the first time where we, I started really uh, kind of opening up. But then understanding that she's accepting of that too. And yeah, also and like, loves you she's a nurse. That. I think her being in the medical field and studying all that stuff. Yeah. Um, because listen, my hands were so bad. They were it looked like I had something contagious because of how bad my rashes were at night. Mm-hmm. I was so grossed out and being with somebody who's just like, no, it's okay. Like grabbing your hand and just looking at them and be like, Oh, it's okay. You know, yeah. instead of being like, Ew, what the fuck mm-hmm. is that? That was obviously a huge help. Love yeah. So field. once you realized that she wasn't going to judge you for it or judge you for anything and then just was accepting of it and, and also willing to help you through that, that will bring you closer to a partner than anything else. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Very, very similar to going through this. I mean, I love Jared obviously long before the, the pregnancy stuff, but going through that together only made us even closer because there's so many things that come up when you're, when you're pregnant. I mean, body issues, like your hormones, emotional stuff, and you have to work through that. And he showed me that he was super patient and understanding and non-judgmental and, you know, even when I would cry for no reason, he would just kind of hug me and say, there's, 
why are you apologizing? Yeah. <laughs> why are you apologizing for crying? There's no need yeah. to. There's nothing to apologize for. It is what it is. This is, and working through that and knowing that that person is going to be there for you. It's just that whole, it, it, it forces you to become comfortable with being uncomfortable in those kinds of situations. Yeah. And I think too, like you said, like being, knowing to me, that was the hardest thing is knowing that you can count on someone else than yourself. Yeah. Because now it's a whole other level in my opinion of vulnerability, because now you let your, you, you opening up to saying, okay, you can come into my world and, and, and like help me out a little bit or like, I can rely on you a little bit, right? And that's mm-hmm. something big, I think, especially like in my case, I left home when I was 17. So it's 15 years that I've been alone and yeah. doing everything on my own. And if I'm sad one night, I don't have my parents around, so I'll just deal with it. If I, right. But now you have somebody and you're like, you're like, whoa, 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 I've, I'm, I'm used to doing this on my own. Like, I, I, you know, I can't, what are you doing here? Like, this is not how I deal with my stuff, but now you're learning a different ways to deal with it. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like, I think in, in a way it's scary, but it's also nice. I, th- I think the people really underestimate how scary it is to ask for help sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to be willing to lean on somebody else. Because especially if you're, if you're like you, who left home at 17, I left home at... Uh, 18, you know, for college, never looked back. Um, and I, I think that's extremely difficult, it, especially when you get used to living on your own and relying on yourself to then rely on somebody else. Yeah, that's a, huge in a really vulnerable place. And, and that's one thing that Jared and I have, have worked through also, you know, I, several times I have made the decision to move in with somebody else only to have it blow up in my face Mm. and, and relying on somebody else to me had always been a negative thing because I would always, that person, because they were so toxic would always turn that around in my face Yeah, and, and basically say, you know, I'm helping you. I gave you this, I gave you that. Um, and, and you're not giving me anything back. So it's almost like this running tally that I used to have in prior relationships. You know, mm. like I yeah. gave you this. What are you going to give me back? And for the longest time after, you know, Jared and I started becoming more serious and I moved in, I even had hesitation moving in, in the first place because I'm like, I don't want to get burned again. Yeah, of course. You know, this puts me in like a, a, a vulnerable place where, you know, okay, like I give up my apartment. I give up my life that I had alone uh, to move in and there's, and you have to like make it work. Like you have to, uh, when you argue, like you, you can't go anywhere choice. else. You didn't have a choice because you had a baby on the way. Like if you didn't have yeah, the baby, you wouldn't have moved in right away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but it was having those conversations too, that made me a lot more comfortable with who I was starting this life with, you know? Yeah. It's um. It all comes back to so you know our next guest that we're gonna have next week. So I start. I listen to their podcast too, and they uh, they said something. They talk about like how communication is everything, but how we all say communication is everything, but we don't really communicate. Right. Like it's nobody's ever down to talk about the things that hurt. 
right? Yeah. Or the things that are difficult to talk about. And, um, and I think when you get to a place where you're comfortable to do that with your partner, that's, 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 that's yeah. deep. Like there's, that's- there's some people, some, you know, what experts, um, who recommend doing like a weekly check-in with your yeah. partner, like for 30 minutes, like how has your week gone? What are you worried about? What are your stressors? What are your anxieties? What are your, you know, what, what got you down this week? Um, or that day and, and what went well, you know, just like checking in with each other. Yeah. But like, it's a good thing, but, but I think it should be more frequent, you know, like every time Jared comes home from work, I always say, Hey, how was your day? How are you feeling? Um, and if he's quiet for, you know, if, if I notice like a change in his behavior or the way he is around me, then I'll ask him, um, you know, what's bothering you, what's going on and vice versa. I, I hear you, but the thing is, people can have their weekly check-ins and still say, "No, no, everything. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just a little under the weather." Yeah, those are, the, those are the kinds of people who have not yet learned to be vulnerable in front of their partner, and it takes time. Uh, it, it takes it, time, it means, but it's also yeah. listen. Not everybody like imagine you're on a weekly check-in, and then and then your partner goes like. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, I I love you and stuff, but sometimes, I don't know, I'm thinking about uh, what it would be like to date someone else. <laughs> you know? Okay, you well, then you talk that. about it. Yeah, but like, how, how good is this, is this conversation going to be? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, no, no, things are good. I mean, works is good. I mean, if I, if I want to be honest, uh, this morning I thought about my ex- and uh you mean you yeah, mean kinda, being you mean being too vulnerable is that what you're talking about or well, well or when like do you, when do you know okay, what to share and what not to share technically yeah technically if we're saying we're being vulnerable and we are opening up and we need to be 100 percent honest with each other and that's what they say in that at the beginning of the podcast i don't want to talk about because we're going to talk next week but they say they say something and say fuck your feelings uh, you need the truth um, uh, mm. you need the truth. So, where do you draw the line? You know, in your vulnerability, oh, why do you draw the line of like? I, I think you only- draw the line if it if it becomes such a big issue to yourself that you can't hold it in any longer, and that if it if it influences the way you're treating the other person. Yeah. You no, know? like if you if you are having these constant thoughts of what would it be like to be with somebody else, then no. yeah, maybe it's time you bring that up to your partner because those no. feelings obviously are big enough. They're not going to go away anytime soon. Of course. But like I'm taking the example of like a, a weekly check-in. What if that one day you're just randomly feeling about this and then you never think about it again? That's right? why I say a, a weekly check-in, you know, maybe should be like the minimum that people do. Okay. So uh, then we're not saying the whole really. truth. We're not, we're not, we're not basically saying the whole truth. I mean, I think we're talking about two different things, right? Like if, if you want to have a conversation about every fleeting thought that goes through your head, I don't think that's the right, I don't think that's the right path. <laughs> we all have some no, crazy no. fleeting thoughts, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think those are maybe worth sharing unless they, and like, I, like I said, unless they become so big that you just can't, that it's changing the way you act or the way you feel about no, the other no. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I, that's I always like to take an example and push it to the extreme. Of course, you like because you like doing that. Yeah, yeah. Just to be like, okay, how would that work then? Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. How would that work? I That's think you also do it sometimes to piss me off, but huh? what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Especially yeah. if I can find a hole in your uh, reasoning. That's like, oh god. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. As, as part of it is. Lately, oh, god, unfortunately, 
unfortunately, lately you and I have been agreeing far too frequently. So uh, no, 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 no. Last topic. episode, last episode, we didn't agree on a lot of stuff. You got to find another topic that that we um, vehemently disagree on. Also, I I told you all about coconut oil that you learned something and how it saved your relationship contribution yeah you know i wouldn't so. say it saved it but no, it did i think no. it did uh, agree to disagree so, so I, I i literally was just being super vulnerable and i told you exactly what triggered me you didn't tell me a single thing of what precisely you said old relationship you said um you know abusive relationship but mm-hmm. you didn't say an example or an actual thing okay um I will give you an example. So in my, and I'll go with my marriage. So I felt at an extreme disadvantage going into the marriage because I was working as a reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have that much money and I was living in this like, you know, small one bedroom apartment in Hartford, in Hartford, Connecticut. And I met him and I moved in with him what was it? Six months into the relationship. I was 24 yeah. years old. You know, I was, I was jazzed that I had met a guy who I was really into. Yeah. And, um, I was spending a lot of time over it over, you know, with him anyway. So why not? Why not just, you know, and he was get, he was, uh, living in a temporary apartment, uh, because he had just gotten divorced, frankly. Mm. So, uh, we moved in to a, a pretty large home together and one that I could never, ever even dream of affording on my own. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just that. I mean, from the very beginning, he, you know, I would use every penny that I uh, earned from work to go toward the house. Um, I had nothing saved on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like basically digging myself into this hole, hoping that things were going to work out and not having any resources for myself. Mm-hmm. And we played on that. So, you know, I'll just give you an example. When uh, when he would come home from work, if if uh, dinner wasn't made to perfection, he would get red in the face, pissed, and spend the rest of the of the evening screaming at me for like one thing or another. Um, and outside of that. You know, he would go on business trips and he would cheat on me with girls he met on the Internet mm-hmm. or women that he uh, that worked for him. Uh, this happened, I would say, probably dozens of times that I later found out, you know, confirmed through another coworker because uh, I actually worked for him, too. So <laughs> literally all of my eggs were in his basket. Yeah. And. It, I, you know, and, and when I finally pulled the trigger to get divorced, um, it was a, it was a big financial play. So I had to sell my ring and I had to sell my car just to afford a down payment, um, just to pay for my, my divorce lawyer, a, and put a down payment on an apartment in New York. So me giving up everything of myself for another person did not come easy to me after that. Okay. Um, and that was something again, you know, like Jared and I had to share those kinds of feelings and it got, it got even more detailed than that. Um, so you don't have a trigger word then that makes you vulnerable, a trigger word or like not necessarily trigger or like, for example, like what's your equivalent to what I said, for example, in sense of like, 
I said, if I hear, I'm proud of you. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, uh, I would say moving in together was a, was a trigger for me. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was really scared shitless uh, that things would bottom out the way it did in my previous relationship. Um, there's no really one uh, thing that he could have said or thing that he could have done to trigger me. I'm sure if he were here right now, he would probably disagree um, because there's like a million different things that happen over the course of the relationship that I'm forgetting right now. Mm -hmm. But it's more, it's more of a broad, you know, giving up a big piece of myself and my independence for somebody else is a huge trigger yeah. for me because several times then my, the, you know, relationship that I had in New York where I moved in with him, uh, I think it was like after a year or so. And again, same situation. I was a reporter. I wasn't making that much money to be living in New York. I was living in a, um, a studio apartment and I moved in with him. He wanted to move in right away, but I, I, prolonged it. Um, and then we got our place together. Uh, but still it was a, it was an apartment that I couldn't afford on my own. Yeah. So I was basically like subject to every mood swing, every, every negative comment that he wanted me to do. So, and I'll also give you an example maybe of here's something that now that I'm thinking about it, when you say a trigger, um, video games is a huge trigger for me. Uh, because he used to play, this is my live-in boyfriend in New York, used to play video games ad nauseum. I mean, like when I tell you like morning to night on his days off, um, I would, I would spend Saturday nights like inside our apartment in a separate room, drinking wine by myself instead of out with my girlfriends while he was playing video games. And he could not be bothered to talk to me to like, there was no interaction whatsoever. It was just him zoning in on his video games. And one there was one occasion when um, I I come up behind him and I take his like headphones off, right? Like I I do that, Ooh. and he turns around and slaps me right in the face. Oh Full shit! Palm, slaps me. I saw stars. Like, oh that's yeah. That's how hard it was. Um, yes, and then I, I, I yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Like I think it's I think it seems like your vulnerability trigger when you start to feel the most vulnerable is when you give up part of it, give up. Yeah. When I give up a huge piece of myself, uh, for somebody else is when I start to feel super vulnerable. This is me. You can, you can get me. Yeah. 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 And, and that's what, I mean, you know, Jared, we, we, I know that he had to have been frustrated about me not getting to that level that he was maybe feeling. You know, at that at that time, but that's the, those are the reasons. And for me to explain that to him, a was a vulnerable moment for me. But B also uh, taught me why I was feeling the way I was feeling, and yeah. maybe how to overcome that. And the and the way to overcome that, truthfully, for me and Jared was just airing it out and and, and talking about talking about it and being comfortable talking about it, and then hearing his response to me. And and seeing his actions every day, knowing that he was a complete opposite oh, human yeah. <laughs> from. But also, you know, explaining why and explaining what, like all of that stuff, helps your partner understand why you behave a certain way and vice versa. So instead of yeah. them thinking it's their fault, or instead of them being like, it's so much easier to understand 
why somebody behaves a certain way based on what they've done or what they've experienced. And then you understand too, it's like, oh shit, no, it has nothing to do with me. It's just like, you know, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Do we have any, um, we had a, a good question, right? From the audience? Yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had a, let me, let me adjust my. Yeah. Have you ever had an experience where your partner has a vastly different love language than you? And how did you deal with that? So for people who, let me look this up because life. for people, love languages, not everybody's read that book or even knows what a love language is. So let's go over what the five love languages are really cool. Just five? Yes, there are five. Well, I know there's words of affirmation, gift, quality time. Here. So it's, yeah, words of affirmation. So that's being like affectionate uh, verbally yeah so like compliments you know uh reassuring words yeah um acts of service is another one yeah so that's being dependable and and, and yeah but it's not necessarily like gift like gift giving is its own love well, language yeah, yeah it's like you can count on someone and you can count on me that's yeah. yeah yeah exactly doing something without expecting anything in return and then yeah gift giving is another one okay Prime that's gift. that's more of like monetary spending um, it's more like a sugar baby, sugar daddy type sugar of baby, uh, sugar daddy situation. Yeah, physical touch. Yeah, we all know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quality, quality time. time. Yeah, so spending time together. Yes, yes. So those are the five love languages. Uh, mine are. Two, right? What's that? Do we have two or something? I mean, everybody, everybody has their own like. I would say stacking your uh, love languages is probably better than picking like just order. Yeah. 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 Okay. My top, I'll just give you my top two, my top two uh, quality time mm-hmm. and words of affirmation. Okay. What are yours? Uh, uh, definitely um, act of service, mm-hmm. being dependable and I think quality time. Quality time. Yeah. You know, the acts of service thing, when you say being dependable, that's interesting because that was never, and I think sometimes all it takes is meeting the right person to understand that that might be something that's important to you. Like, yes, being dependable, being someone who's reliable Mm -hmm. and, uh, and stable is hugely important to me. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so she's so this person is talking about what if your love language is different from your partner's? Yeah. Okay, that's not uncommon. I don't. I don't think you need to have the same. I don't think you have to have the same either. Um, I mean, because maybe, maybe it facilitates it, but maybe it facilitates the relationship if you have the yeah. same. But <clears throat> I think the key is to be willing to give them what they need. Because your your love languages aren't going to change, yeah. Um, but giving somebody what they need, filling their bucket, um, and satiating their love language needs, Doesn't I think that's open. that's up to you. If you care so, enough about them, yeah. But there's caring, and there's like think about it. Like if 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 somebody gives you something that they're not comfortable doing or they're doing it but that's not their way of doing it then it feels forced yeah 
the only the only the only like example i have is like you want sex they don't want to but they still give it to you because that's what you want because they're like taking one for the team so to speak you know and so as a person receiving it you're like i I, nah i don't i don't Mm. want right so like if my if i'm if my love language isn't like physical touch i think you can work into doing it but you have to, I agree with you, you have to make an effort, right? Because you can't be like, that's just how I am and you deal with it, right? It's like, if you care about right. someone, you have to try. But you have to do it, I think, in your in your own way, in a way that makes you comfortable because as yeah. soon as you get uncomfortable doing it, it just makes shit worse. And now it becomes, it becomes like this thing, like, I have to do this. Yeah, then it's not an authentic relationship. Yeah, You're not giving it, it willfully. Yeah, now you're at work. It's like, I gotta, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, for example, whatever, if if it's if 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 that person Amy is her love language is is physical touch, and her man never actually like caresses her or whatever, and then he starts to do it, but in a way that he like it's you, you can feel it. I mean, you can feel it when it's not natural. Sure, absolutely, you can. It's wrong to me. That's why you have to come to a common ground. I mean, you can't set hard expectations if you know that person is uncomfortable giving what you need. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't set hard limits. Like you have to, you have to be willing to talk about it again. This all goes back to vulnerability, right? Having those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Um, Maybe this is important to me. It might not be that important to you, but let's figure it out together. And sometimes if you're, if you even approach it that way, then that like almost uh, uh, releases a valve, you know, came out of the tension. Like I would say 70% of that problem of different language is gone once you express it. Yeah. If you have a conversation with them saying, listen, you know, this is how I receive, this is how I know that you care for me as I, this, I like, I need to be touched and then you spend time with you. And if he's like, oh, well, I show you my love by uh, being whatever, um, by buying you gifts and by being dependable, then mm-hmm. she also as a part, he as a partner has to work into maybe giving a little bit more of what she needs, but she also needs to understand that when he does that, that's, he's not doing that to everyone. And like right. when he does that, then it's also a way for him. So it goes both ways. I think you meet in the middle and you both, you, she has to also realize that it's so easy to put it on your partner, you know? It yeah. Both, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wow. All right. So that's hopefully that answers their question. So what's the answer then? Talk about it. The answer is talking about it. And, and you have to, both of you have to make some concessions. A little bit of, I wouldn't say, no, not concessions, like a little efforts. Concessions feels like you're giving something away. Well, you, you kind of are. I mean, if, it, if it's, if that's really important to you, if say like sex is really important to you um, so and, you and your partner is not consistently like not in the mood, right? Well then, okay. How are you going to, Maybe maybe don't make promises to have sex on a certain night. Maybe just like take it off the table until the the person is is comfortable doing it. Um, but those are concessions. Like that actually made me think of um, something I, I would want to like eventually get down to. And have you realized? I saw a, a TikTok on this, and I was like, "Holy, that's so true." That if if a guy asks his girl to have sex mm-hmm. and she's like no i don't feel like it the guy's like oh you'll be bummed You're like okay you know she doesn't feel like it okay 
But if you reverse it, if the girl asks the guy to have sex and he's like, uh, I don't know, I don't feel like it, automatically he's like, what the fuck? Super like, offended. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you yeah. like, are you not into me anymore? Oh, some of them will be like, no, 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 no. Like, that's a, we're that's, having, like I'm taking, we're having sex. Like, yeah, I don't care if you don't want to. I want to have sex. We're going to have sex. And if you're like, no, it's like, are you gay? It's like right away. It's like we get all, yeah. uh, they were in, they were basically, it was this guy who was interviewing strangers in the street and women. And he was like, okay, so uh, no means no, right? And all the girls like, yeah, yeah, no means no. Like if I want to have sex with my my guy, like I don't, we're not having sex. And then he's like, okay, um, so now if he doesn't want to have sex with you and most of the girls like, no, I'm taking this. I'm taking sex. If I want sex from yeah. him, I'm getting sex. And the guy's like, but no means no. It's like, yeah, yeah no. like nobody cares. I was like, oh my because God. Women are, are, are almost conditioned to, to believe that men are just like lusting sex after sex 24 seven and that they, they're the objects of the sexual desire 24 seven. And, and it's almost like men are the hunters. They, they're the pursuers. They are the ones to initiate sex and that's women's role. I mean, that's a, that's a societal conditioning to, to be in that place. Yeah. Can you believe that if a guy doesn't want to have sex with a girl, he's automatically most people say, oh, he's probably gay. Yeah. Or like there's something wrong with you. Like you have low testosterone or like there's something yeah. like what's wrong with you to where you don't want to have sex with, with your girlfriend or your wife. Yeah. yeah. And it's the other way I'm around. Busy. Yeah. It's busy. I'm not, you know, it's also like, think about like, you know, how it's portrayed in media too. Like where the guy, you know, the husband wants to have sex with the wife and the wife's not in the mood. And it's like, you know, yeah. he's got to like whack off in the corner. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you see that. Yeah. How, how many times and, and do you see that portrayed in sitcoms, yeah. cartoons even? Of course. Yeah. That's where that I comes know. from. I think that that's an interesting topic to possibly, we should see how to develop that one, but that would be an interesting yeah. topic to mm -hmm. talk about. I like that. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, be vulnerable, I guess. Vulnerable. Yep. Okay. Well, I hope we answered your question <laughs> and keep the questions coming. And we will see you next week for another X Appeal episode. What? Yeah, actually, next week we will have most likely Amber coming in on the next episode. Tell, and, tell, tell them who Amber is. So Amber is uh, a friend of mine that I've known. She's a huge LGBTQ plus activist. And, um, you know, she's going to give us a little bit more of an insight in, you know, relationship in that world i don't know how, how many how many uh how many letters there are in that whole sequence lgbtqia plus i think there there's an i and an a in there too okay. is there okay yeah so I we'll have so. a good open conversation about all this i want to know how to say it right yeah all right all Until right next time bye Two. a huda media production